So, Tony Khan is a billionaire, and this is the gift that he gives to Sting for his retirement, huh? This is the gift. So, Tony basically, Sting, he basically gave you a suit, some gold chains, and a black liver. Great gift. R.I.P. Janandler Bong. Hey, it's the Top of Wrestling Podcast. We're back. We're ready. I had to go with Janandler Bong. I know that, ODM, you're not a fr- fan of uh, the Friends show, but eh, it's kind of something I grew up on, so, you know, R.I.P. The, the Mr. Perry over there. But uh, it's funny, I said Janandler Bong because that's actually what Bailey did in her tweet, was something about that, and, uh, and that's one of my favorite memorable parts of the show. But welcome back to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. I'm the Professor Mark Fantasia. And hey, we always appreciate when you subscribe, you like, you share on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and VX. Hey, today's show, we have news. Not a whole lot of news, actually, for once, which is kind of a nice relief. You know, we don't, it's not like we have to break down multiple sides of backstage fights for once, but we have bring it to the table. We got our Monday Night Wars 25 years later to the date, ta- technically tomorrow. And this week we got a top topic, one that has been in the works on my end for quite some time. And I'm very happy to announce that today's top topic, we are going to be doing the top 25 WWE pay-per-views of all time that are non-Big Four. So no Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, or SummerSlam. But, cool list. Think we'll uh, enjoy it. And maybe if you disagree with it, you have the chance to argue with us on all those platforms we just talked about. And let's get in the news. But I can't, because ladies and gentlemen, ODM! Well, the Novocaine's wearing off. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> did you go to the I dentist did, today, dude? yeah. Yeah. Did you go at 2.30? Oh, close enough. You know what I'm thankful for? Not uh, only that the news is short, but that? for two weeks in a row, this week being one of them, no pay-per-views during the wars. Not dur- I was going to say, not the wars, but oddly enough, now we're going to be heading into a little bit more of a pay-per-view season because WWE has one this Saturday. Uh, they also have, at the end of the month, Survivor Series. AEW is going to be pulling out full gear. I think on the 18th or something like that. So we got a, we will have a lot of those. Plus, we're going to have the 25 years later of World War Three and Survivor Series, which, don't forget, this year, it's Deadly Games. And 
I got to be honest with you, I had a little extra time and I started dipping a little bit into it and I actually forgot how good this is going to be to talk about. I can't wait to get into the Monday Night Wars this week as well. But before we do, as you know, on the show, we dive into some news first. Oh, oh, go ahead. Take it away. This one, it's Jesus. Yeah, well, I mean, it looks like uh, Brian Danielson is turning into Adam Cole. He's injured again. Uh, It seems to be uh, we can't have a match with Danielson and Okada because anytime we get it, Danielson gets hurt. Uh, this time it's a broken orbital bone. It's going to require surgery. The expectation is that he'll be out at least for the remainder of the year. Which is funny because he was pretty much going to be done by what would be September. Mm-hmm. He had a year left to everything. So we're going to get about eight to nine months worth of it. And it's going to get crammed down our throats. And it's funny because today I'll, I'll at least give the, before we, we talk about his his injury it's funny earlier today i'll give the credit to what culture they were talking about the booking with aew has been more of the on the fly like last minute changes before going live like what we were hearing was happening with raw before triple h took over right remember how bad that was things were being rewritten and it's showing when you watch the show it is all up and down and we'll get to it later but that being said um was Okada the one that injured Adam Cole as well back at Forbidden Door? Could have sworn it was his close. Was it line. the four the four way match? Was it? Yes, I thought it was Jay White. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say with that and two Danielson injuries, maybe we got to stop bringing Okada over to uh, the states. Apparently, we're all a little too soft to take that uh, that Japanese. Yeah, seriously. Style. Uh, this, uh, this next one makes me kind of, Oh, it's going to make you giggle even more. I want to read you the quote. So, uh, John Moxley gives his hot take on how to change the approach of concussions and wrestling. I got it. Stop doing death matches, (laughs) asshole. (laughs) That's a good way to start. It's a good way to start. So apparently he was speaking to the messenger. Uh, he says, you know, he needs they need to change their approach to concussions uh, and specifically saying that matches should end immediately after a concussion is spotted rather than trying to find a way to bring the match to an actual finish. So here's Moxley's quote. Duh. Right. Hot take. Uh, here's his quote. <clears throat> Maybe a really experienced wrestler and a really experienced doctor who are trained to see signs of that shit are watching it on a separate feed. Even if they have a doctor close to ringside, what if the guy fucking spills outside the ring? He doesn't see that. The doctor and wrestler are completely untethered to the creative portion of it. They have no idea nor any interest in what the story is, who wins, who loses, or how long it's supposed to go. If a guy fucking spins around or something and the doctor goes, is he okay? The wrestler can tell him, that's just a pro wrestling thing. Don't worry. As soon as the doctor sees a sign of somebody being concussed, he just hits the fucking red button. Boom, this is over. No no matter how much time is left. No matter if it's on live TV. It's just over and you figure it out from there. Did Renee Young write that? Or Renee I hope not. You know what I mean? It's it sounds like, like he's still concussed. It's so... V- <laughs> but I'm like, dude, look at 80% of the wrestlers on the on both rosters that have never had a concussion. Never heard of Montez Ford having a concussion. That's just the first random name that came to my mind. But, I mean, it, even clunky women, their matches get, get so bad... You usually don't get a concussion. There was one where that one girl got kicked right in the skull. Uh, 
and it, but it was more of like a total divas spot than anything at the end. But people don't get concussed very often. You know who does? People who do, do dumb fucking shit in the ring on a weekly basis. Yep. Just my take. And the only other thing is, I will say, I was shocked to see that this past week on Dynamite, that referee is still in the ring. Bryce Rimsburg is still refing. How is he not on like any form of like a low key suspension or like a we're gonna put you on hold and have you watch how other people pay attention to concussion protocol? I mean, but it's not all right on him. It's also on Phoenix for not also seeing that his dance partner was fucked up as well. Again, would Moxley be singing this tune at all if he didn't get concussed a couple of weeks back? No. He's probably just trying to be the... He'd be like, shove more skewers up my ass. Here's the thing, because he'll play both sides like that, right? He sees himself... I mean, listen, he's had a big impact on the success of this promotion since the day he showed up. There's no doubt about that, okay? There's no doubt about it. Like him or hate him, that's fine. But he's definitely trying to take that punk role of being the guy, right? He's trying to be the undertaker of the locker room. So he's going to, of course, he's going to say this because it shows that he cares about the safety of the wrestlers. But at the same time, this tomorrow, you know, tomorrow, uh, yeah, kayfabe pal today, he's he's going to go out there and do something dumb in the ring. Well, probably not because he's probably not wrestling. But whenever he comes back, God damn it, you know he's still going to do something stupid. So, Yep, can't wait for it. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. So, Move have on. you? Uh, I'm going to kind of sidetrack and come this come at this from the other angle. Marina Shafir, she's in AEW. She uh, is not the okay, greatest nice. in the ring or on the stick. Not very good. Well, she was at, her and her husband have that a lot in yeah. common. Well, at least the on the stick part. So, uh, yeah, uh, there was a Lucha Vavum event. I have no idea what the fuck that is. Um, but Marina Shafir, uh, was getting beat down and Rousey fucking just shows up and makes the save. Then does a five minute tag match against Taya Valkyrie and Brian Kendrick. Crickets. Yeah, I, I'm just waiting for the punch. Yeah, I know. Right now. That's another show. That's another show. Um, have you seen Ryback's recent rant on, his WWE royalties or Royal WWE royalties in I general. Gotta, I got to be honest with you. Every time I see anything that has a Ryback headline, I just scroll Same. past it now because everything is so, and he's like, well, if I was still there, I would be 184,000 and oh, it just, yeah, I, I, I can't deal with uh Ryback or skip Sheffield or whatever. He he's is. uh it's he hasn't even done one thing since being released by WWE. Let's just put mm-hmm. that out there. All he is is a guy, but he's worse than a mark. He's a guy that's just even behind, like a wrestler behind Twitter. Yep. He uh he is the real life version of Gilberg. Oh yeah. Ooh, that'll be fun to see. Soon. Um. But anyway, so yeah, he's going through it, and he's like, you know, he's showing it, and it's like, okay, well, first of all, how much money do you think you are gonna get from royalties? Maybe you're not the best person. Merchandise wise. Uh, you're old. Like if you were still selling his stuff, that. But royalties. What do you mean? Like off of like streaming network or DVDs? Streaming. Everything got sold to Peacock, man. And you're a nobody. streaming royalties. Yeah. But and here's the thing too. He even called it out. They can't sell any merch of his because there was a lawsuit, and he legally changed his last name to Ryback, and they don't use it on correspondence with him, which I thought was fucking hilarious. 
Um, Wait, he pulled the ultimate warrior oh, yeah. and named oh, himself yeah. his kayfabe. And that was out of his own lips. Oh, I didn't know. That was out of his own lips he said that. And then he's showing like the back. Is he Skip uh, Ryback uh, uh, or just Ryback? I think it's like Robert Ryback or something. Like, it might be Skip. Yeah, I don't know, but. Not doing just the, the single thing. Right, 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 right. It was full. Yeah, Ryback. last name. Not like Madonna. Last, you know, last name was changed yeah. to Ryback. So then he goes to like another page and he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm not very good with math. So I had to call my buddy Scott Steiner, which I'm sure was, you know, partly a rib. I'm sure it was partly a rib. But I'm like, hey, asshole, the piece of paper you're showing has per- percentages right there. There's literally a column of percentages. So in here, and here's the thing. I'm sure there's a grain of truth to how much, you know, active wrestlers get in royalties. Perhaps that is an issue. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is it came out of Ryback's mouth, so you got to take it with a grain of fucking salt. Right. It's it, To me, it's, it's funny because him of all people, like, all right, so then wouldn't you think Arn Anderson – the family of Dusty Rose, uh, Flair, all those people, everybody who are on the network and did something for the business. You know, Ryback was around for a good fucking cup of coffee, we'll say three years, from like 2000, late 11 maybe, and then by 13. Flesh yeah, so here's... Nothing and gone off Yeah, so off. here's the thing, you know, that's the time period that I wasn't watching. So, I mean, I didn't, you know, really have any exposure to Ryback until like historical stuff. Where Some... Some of the most pumped-in sounds that I started to ever hear were in that time. Because it's like, you keep hearing Feed Me More from the crowd, mm-hmm. and everybody's on their phone being like, wait, what matches up later on tonight? <laughs> Hang on. Like, nobody was fucking chanting this Well, shit. and here's... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I never cared for him, to be honest with you, ever. And maybe it was because Punk called him out as well, but, you know, he's like, he hurts guys in the ring. He hurt multiple people in the ring. I'm like, then fuck you. Yeah, definitely. It's like an ultimate warrior. Oh, my God. <laughs> ultimate there Ryback. You go. Oh, Jesus. By any chance, did you happen to see Lexus King's debut on uh, NXT? No, if I knew it was happening, I definitely would have tuned in, though. So they had two nights of NXT Halloween Havoc. One was last Tuesday, one was last night. And the former Brian Pillman Jr. had his first match against, you know, a nobody. And they made references, you know, that he wants to step out of the shadows of a man he never knew. They don't actually say Brian Pillman, which is okay. I'm all right with. Again, they've given the enough nods that we don't need to actually call it out. You know what I mean? Like how you say the uh, force feeding. And Christ, he looks like him so much in the ring. It's just ridiculous. Um, But his finishing move is, you know, when Randy Orton has you on the middle rope, pulling you in like he's going to do that spike DDT from -hmm. the outside. Same concept, except he kind of just does a spin, almost crossroads. Okay. Off of that. Like a spinning neck breaker. Off of that rope. Yeah. And that was was his finishing Hmm. move. And Booker sold it pretty good. Booker also ruined the match for me because it's Booker T on commentary. I, can't I stand know, him. fair enough. Shucky ducky. Yeah. Uh, speaking of someone I can't stand, you happen to see that Hulk Hogan shared a picture of himself, his wife, and Dave Chappelle? I mean, you got to prove you're not racist somehow. Be like, hey, man, I got a black friend over here who isn't mad at me right now. Let's hurry up and fire off a shot, brother. Yeah, I think the bigger problem is your reaction to your daughter's uh, boyfriend that was black. 
I think that's the bigger uh, concern. <laughs> right. It's not all black people. It's just, well, no, it is actually. But, I mean, you kind of made it pretty abundantly clear in that. But Dave was probably just high like, oh, shit. No, <laughs> oh, shit. It's so Hogan. <laughs> uh, uh, take the next one because I can't wait to finish off the rest of the news. Oh, I can't either. Uh, so, yeah, I just saw something in passing. I mean, it's it's worth just talking uh, for, for fantasy booking purposes, even though we know it's not going to happen. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was on his podcast. I forget who he does it with. Uh, but they mentioned that uh, tonight Dynamite is going to be in Kentucky, right near where Cornette lives. Uh, and, uh, you know, the co-host or the host kind of said something to Jarrett like, oh, you're going to bring your old buddy around? And it was a very brief comment, Jeff Jarrett's like, I'd love for, I'd love for Corny to be there. I'd love it. And it's basically the quote. Um, but, I mean, listen, obviously it ain't going to happen. Because, again, just, just from Cornette's lips, he has no fucking interest. And the way he rips that show apart, he Ray ain't coming home. The only thing I would think would be awesome is if TK had a straw big enough <laughs> to think it was a good idea to have Jeff Jarrett bring Corny out in a limo in the back. They're in the backstage, and he's like, wait. I'm here at a goddamn AEW show. Get, driver, get the fuck out of here. Let's go. Play into it. Let it go. That would be awesome. I'd be okay with it. Other than that, if he does do anything, then it's selling out, and I don't think he will. And I, I like you said, Ray ain't yeah, coming home. Yeah, absolutely. Place is out. <laughs> Did you get the chance to watch what was finally released on the Peacock? Sure did. All right. Last week, I believe it was like Friday or Saturday, you had messaged me a screenshot or a link saying that WWE was finally about to release Superfan, the Vladimir story. And we've talked about it multiple times. We always even go, and we had a Vlad spotting when we're going through the Monday Night Wars, which is fun. And it was finally released on the Peacock. As soon as I started it, and it said 37 minutes, I go, oh, they shortchanged this thing. Aw. Did you feel it was shortchanged at all? No. Oh, my God. Now, I texted you when I finished it last night, I believe. And it was probably late on the uh, the East Coast there, but was I wrong when I texted you, bro, the, uh, the range of emotions you're going to go through in this this doc definitely definitely yeah at first i didn't know if it was just uh you know because you're you're i mean i think in the, in the grand scheme of things you're a bigger wrestling fan and you take a lot of more things to heart than i do you know what i mean so i was like oh maybe it just hit him the certain right sure. way but, uh, ultimately when it came down to me is anybody that would make fun of wrestling fans or anybody that would dismiss this uh i guess you could call it a documentary based on it being about a wrestling fan and his fandom it's not about that it's about passion it's about enjoying things in life so i think that was uh and and they did a good job of that um you know i could sit here and say there were some things that were you know wwe uh revisionist history but for the most part (laughs) oh my god my favorite was hearing him be like and and my favorite wrestler back in the day because he has his accent right he's like which i didn't realize the accent to be i didn't realize he would have one that thick um but i mean the name vladimir well he's haitian in the beginning but Right, which is weird. Didn't yeah, know that either. 
until you watch that. Um, but it's funny because when he's talking about it, he's like, and I love all the guys back in from, from the WWE. <laughs> you would actually hear the voice get lower. And I was like, I don't think that was him. <laughs> but other than that, um, when I say the range of emotions, okay, you go to a high of watching him get pulled up by Piper. And, you know, Piper probably fed to him, hey, just say Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? And the crowd pops for that. And that's part the thing we saw in the trailer. And it's crazy because they held the part to the very end of him watching himself do that part in MSG in, like, 84. Mm. It was cool to watch him do that part. And I was like, they held to the credits. And I go, okay, cool. Seeing all the guys, they all knew him. Um, Owens walking up and being like, you are, like, the fan, man. Like, and it was, like, just credit where credit's due and they gave him a super fan award watching him get to see triple h and stephanie was cool and stephanie admitting right there i've never actually met you and it's cool and the range of emotions again the high of being a fan and being a part of a bigger show that are bigger thing than it is than you are and the part where he gets to go to wrestlemania 37 after the pandemic and his, he says, and they, that's when they give him the, the gift and the award of super fan. And he said, mom, I made it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that one, I was like, <laughs> that was a part that got me. Um, the entire fucking his mom dying of COVID and the whole thing is we knew that this story was put together about the super fan. What does he have now that the pandemic is hit and we don't have arenas to go to. It really took an effect on this mm-hmm. dude. Um, and it's funny how jacked up he is. I, I never heard the, the rumors that I actually just thought he was, believe it or not, a super fan. When I see certain guys like Brock Lesnar guy, I'm like, yeah, he's blowing someone. But back then when you saw Vlad, you were like, that's a fan, man. He's going to ever one of these fucking right. things. But he got mistaken as Vince's trainer. That's what people thought. That's hilarious. It just... um. I broke down, I'm not going to lie, man. When the after his mom had died and he was like, "Mom, I I need wrestling. You got to help me get it back. That's all. I don't have you anymore and I know I'm not a kid, but I'm 62 and it's what I love and it's in my blood." And I was like, "This motherfucker's kidding me here, man." Now look at I may have had a drink so it probably moistened me up a bit, but I a either bit. way I was like it, it no, nah, it was a really really good documentary. Like I said, I thought we were about to get shortchanged with 37 minutes. And it ended up being way better than I ever anticipated it to be. It, um, I I almost wonder, though, my personal opinion, why it was held off is it could be a <sighs> debatable thing when it comes to, yeah, but COVID wasn't real. She died from nothing. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't want to bring that aspect into it because WWE likes to play it safe and they don't want to show sides even when you know trump is in your hall of fame but what i'm saying is you know like i feel like that whole aspect to it the whole pandemic and covid thing as soon as that happened i go that's why this didn't air oh yeah do you agree? probably yeah you probably agree have a mind for yourself man tell me what you thought no, it, no, it it was good. Uh, you know, and again, I think you know, uh, you know, a lot of people might take pot shots. One at the COVID thing, and one you know is because it's somebody who takes wrestling that serious seriously. But again, it's it's about more than that. It's about passion, just for something that makes you happy, right? And he's just a guy. He even says it. He's like, I love wrestling, so I saved up all this money so I could go to all these events. So 
And this is pre-internet. This motherfucker was standing mm-hmm. in line 6 a.m. At MSG. Every time they're about to go on sale. That Yeah. and But then you'd also see him at other events, too. They showed him being in, like, uh, like at SummerSlam where in, in Michigan, the one where uh, Lawler faced mm-hmm. Bret Hart, you know, and Luger won like he won the Super Bowl. You know, things like that. You know, he made it to other arenas, but MSG was his home. And I got to be honest with you. When you first look at him back in the day, you're like big fan or whatever. To me, he resembled a guy uh, uh, that rode my bus that had, I want to say Asperger's and was always just a touch off. And I don't mean it in any bad way, but you know what I mean? But he looked so much like Vlad that I was like, maybe Vlad's the same way. (laughs) But then you watch, you hear him talk, everything. It was just, I think it was a very well done story and it's funny how much you really needed subtitles yeah i tried not looking at the subtitles and just listening and i was like the fuck did he just say <laughs> it it's a very thick so he's like ukrainian but haitian or just full he's haitian? haitian he's just haitian just haitian okay yeah pritchard Pr- check yeah, it pritchard, out pritchard goes he goes he's haitian because i thought he was russian <laughs> Uh, in his collection. Oh, it's crazy. To him. The a honky-tonk gu- uh, guitar, shirts from the rockers, Hogan. things like that. Um, but he was a famous person where people are saying to him, hey, can you hold my kid so Brett will give him right. glasses? And I was like, that's funny because when you're smart and you're a mark, you're like, I got to find that guy. Uh, it was very well done. I thought it, it just gave a good nod to just being a fan of the sport itself, mm-hmm. but also, like I said, having the admiration for something that's bigger than you are, um, but being a part of it to such an extent. Right. You know, I mean, the most well-known basketball fan I've ever seen in my life is Jack Nicholson or Spike yep, Lee. pretty much. Those are famous people already. already. You're not going to see the one. Right, right. You're not getting a fan created because he goes to every game, sits in the same spot. You're seeing him every time. Not like Vlad. Yeah. And that and that doesn't and that him. doesn't apply to brown uh, hat green shirt guy. That guy can fuck right off. <laughs> you know who I miss is the we hate Cena guy. <laughs> I like seeing him all the time, and it just he had a lot of energy. Well, let's get into some of the results that we saw last week or this past week. Of course, Monday this week it was just our go home show for Crown Jewel, which is going to be this Saturday and we'll break down in a couple of minutes, but I got to break down to you some of the bullshit that I'm seeing on dynamite. Again, it's the last minute changes. Do we have anybody else that could have held this dynamite diamond ring? We couldn't give it to juice Robinson. We had to have MJF five Pete. I think it is four Pete, five. Yeah, Pete. I don't even know what knows, it is. Now. Yeah. Just, Why? Because it means nothing. By the way, he's also he's also double wrestling again at this next pay per view. He did it at oh. WrestleDream. He's about to do it at Full Gear with the ROH tag titles. You're losing opportunity, and now you're he's a Dynamite Diamond Ring guy. You could have just gave that to Juice. If you gave that to Juice and at the pay per view gave the titles to the Guns, it's the most thing you could have done over. They're gonna have MJF squash this entire fucking group. He's gonna John Cena Nexus on the Bullet Club goal. Probably. He's already doing it. They're trying to get him to have a, a four on four, and the acclaimed are right there, and he's like, No, I'm good. He's gonna have a one on four match. He's gonna John Cena this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that are wasted, here's several. 
on Rampage. On Rampage, a taped show that no one watches. They had a no DQ match between Mike Santana and Ortiz. That is a waste. That is a giant. Don't they have a pay per view coming up? How did you not save it for a couple weeks at the pay per view? Thank you. How did I don't even care if you put it on the pay per view pre show? How did that not make it? That bothers me. Yeah. However, boys got some frustration out. Watch it. If you did not see, you could even just get by with the highlights, by the way. But they were doing hard headbutts. The fist that Ortiz gave to Santana's head, you could see little tiny welts and knots that were starting to, you know, form. I was like, I think they were like, it was the Edge and Matt Hardy. Well, let's just get it out right here in the ring. And after the match is over, after Santana won, he goes to fist bump Ortiz, and Ortiz goes, nah, I'm good. And Santana goes, I'm going to remember that. And they and he walks off, and then Sanjay Dutt starts getting in the ear of Ortiz. So they're about to put him in the group with Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Singh Kali. And that's it. That's the end of Problem Powerful's feud. You know what you, what you could have made off of that? How many matches in a feud? Okay. Speaking of things that are smart, Abaddon returned. Remember that freaky little mm-hmm. bitch? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she came back and lost to Hikaru Shida right away. Well, thanks for coming yep. back. I know I was off when you reviewed all of the Title Tuesday versus NXT wars and thing that happened. Um Soraya dropping the title to Hikaru Shida. I was like, this place is just not. I mean, like, not that I needed Soraya to hold the title, but why Hikaru yeah. again? Makes no sense. Did you happen to see Tony Storm, timeless Tony Storm, laying on the yep. announcer's table, pulling oranges out of her ass, biting it and giving one to the announcer behind her? Timeless is a very proper what I would word get, what for I, her. What right I would now. give in for that orange. <laughs> or the peach. I'll bite it. Give me it. I'll take the peel. <laughs> Fuck it. Spit the juice on my Ooh. face. I don't care. The speaking of things again that aren't making sense besides timeless classic uh, or timeless Tony Storm. Do you remember when the Young Bucks at Russell Dream won the Fatal Four Way match to be the number one contenders? Yep. And then FTR dropped the title to Big Bill and Ricky mm-hmm. Starks. Ricky Starks and Big Bill have defended it now twice against the Young Bucks. Never each time. Against, like, two jobber-type teams. What are we doing? Okay. Book one moment, gone the next. Here is the last thing I got to say that is really, really been great. We've said it multiple times. Strap this dude to the moon. Swerve Strickland is on fire. After the Bucks and, and Hangnail Page retain their Ring of Honor six-man tag team titles on an AEW show. Swerve does, I think, next to Brian Pillman's Glock 49, or Glock, or yeah, whatever. Uh, what, what do you say? Nine, nine millimeter Glock. 316, nine millimeter, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah anyway. I, I shoot guns. I do gun stuff. Next to that, this one may be my new favorite. And, you know, you've seen, like, Triple H, Randy Orton, all those things, people showing up at their homes. No one's home at Hangman's house. 
and Swerve is in the house. Whose house? In Hangman's house. Uh, and it's very dark, and it's funny because Prince Nana's there being funny as shit for a while, and they're looking at kids' art on the wall, or on the uh, the fridge, and he rips it up from Hangnail's daughter. And then you hear a sound in the back room, kind of half cryish, but I don't think, I think the whole thing is that no one was there. Maybe if it was, if the baby was there and this home invasion happened like this, then kudos to TK on this entire thing. But Prince Nana goes, yo, let's get the fuck out of here. And Swerve goes, nah, let's go check this out. And if you haven't seen this, Christ, he sets the camera down and leans over the baby's crib and is now cutting a promo on Hangman. He said, when I said that you're going to pay, I meant not you. I meant everybody you know is going to pay because you cost me the championship match. This is my time. And he's just hanging over the crib. And I was like, this is some fucked up shit. Oh, my God. Well done. I think they need to put Swerve into the main event at this next pay-per-view. Just do it now. Just do it now. Don't lose this opportunity. You're probably going to have Hangman and and Swerve again at the pay-per-view. And then you're going to be dumb enough to probably put him at Revolution. Yeah, probably. Or their December pay-per-view that they chose. Um, You know, this past Saturday, they wasted another opportunity of a pay-per-view match. MJF versus Kenny Omega for the first time ever was given away for free on Collision on a Saturday night where you're fighting against... Don't college football games generally play like they have a really good game Mm -hmm. at night, like a big game? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, smart idea. MJF retains, and we were wrong. Well, last week what we were talking about with the 13 days bitch yeah, was his, I, yeah. the rain. Right. And it came to light later on that night. Um, but what else came to light later that night? Not trying to rhyme so much, but I'm just doing so and such. I was fucking kidding, okay, <laughs> when I was like, yeah, they'll probably just bring Flair back to have the uh, career ending set up with, with Sting. Uh, okay, I'm going I'm to reiterate, I was kidding. Now, the only thing that made that entire segment okay was Christian Cage just one-upping one joke over the other about Flair, saying uh, the black liver thought you were dead. Um, what was the other one? Um, the weekend at Bernie's joke. <laughs> he had a lot of really good ones. He was on fire. And it's funny because now at the pay-per-view, we're going to get a match between Christian Luchasaurus and I have mama troubles, Nick Wayne, versus Sting, Darby Allen, and a partner of their choosing. But it can't be Adam Cole because his rated R rebuttal was no please. So, fuck me running. Are we going to get Ric Flair in AEW? I hope not. I've seen conflicting stories. I've seen one minute, oh, Flair wants to come back for another match, and then so Flair's not coming back for another match. And then I think one of the last headlines that... Does anybody want to show him? Well... <laughs> Does anybody want to show him his match? Well, I, I saw I saw one headline, and it was something, it was like a quote from Flair saying, I'd be happy to die in the ring. I don't know that I want to see that on TV, so please don't. <laughs> I shouldn't have taken a drink when you said that. I don't know. I want to see that. Yo, when you did a fake heart attack in your retirement match, that was enough for me to be like, oh, my God, I'm going to watch someone die. I can't do this. I can't do this. We were expecting to see Ray Phoenix or Moxley die. We weren't expecting to see Ric Flair die in AEW. That may be just the thing that brings the audience back. 
Watch our show. People die. Hey, hey Flair. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Get your ass home. <laughs> Stop wrestling. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, maybe Charlotte will be over there soon with him. Mm. Isn't Andrade still over mm-hmm. there? Or No. Uh, yeah, yeah he just right. fought uh, Danielson. Oh, Danielson. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Meh. Guess what, man? There's a pay-per-view this Saturday. This Saturday, we got several matches. WWE just going with a nice six, which is great. Keeping that nice limited pay-per-view. You don't have to have 47 uh, matches like AEW tries to do. But we got Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest. John Cena versus Solo Sokoa, which kind of interested to see only because it's kind of a, an Umaga throwback in the match altogether. But now Cena's just balder. Uh, the U.S. title is on the line with Rey Mysterio defending against Logan Paul, your boy. The women's title is on the line when Rhea Ripley defends against Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Raquel Rodriguez, and Zoe Stark. The world title, not the real title, but the second world title. Seth Rollins is defending against Drew McIntyre. And in your main event, Roman Reigns defends against LA Knight. I don't think we're going to get any upsets other than I think Logan Paul takes the U.S. title. And maybe Sokoa wins over Cena. Other than that, I think we're going to get a pretty mellow pay-per-view. So I did see a headline. uh, I think it was on Twitter. And my apologies for not being able to get the hat tip. Uh, But. You do mean the X, It sounds, right? yeah, the X, whatever. <laughs> I'm going back to saying Twitter. <laughs> that um, after this match with LA Knight, Roman Reigns isn't wrestling for the rest of the year. It's fine. So it's November. He doesn't need to. And you could put him, his match at Royal Rumble. He, he's not losing the title. There's no way they're going to I don't think so either. I don't Arabia. think so either. Figured I'd just bring it up then. You never know, you know. Swerves. One thing they say is for sure is you never know. I guess so. We'll we'll find out. Uh, full gear is set right now with a couple of matches. You have, uh, you know, the aforementioned the MJF Guns Tag Title Match for Ring of Honor titles. AE, and then he's also going to be in the main event taking on Jay White. Hikaru Shida is going to be defending against Timeless Tony Storm. So you better make that switch right there on the spot. And, again, the six-man tag where it's likely going to be Ric Flair or Edge. Hooray. You uh, ready to eat some crow? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the one to put it in there. All right, man. I know. Hit it up. Well, Buster didn't reach out for any fact-checking, but I did a couple myself, and it seems I made two mistakes in the period of about 60 seconds last week. Uh, <laughs> at the end, we were talking about John Ritter, and uh, I mentioned him being a cop, as a, a bit part as a cop in Jumping Jack Flash. Now, that was Jim Belushi, so I was way off on that one. Uh, and then we were talking about Romancing the Stone, because I think you were talking about a movie with Kathleen Turner. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, Kurt Russell's yep. on that, right? No, it was Michael Douglas. So, yeah, there you go. Good job. Oh, yeah. At least you're fact-checking for everybody. Yeah, I try. But even before Buster could find it, that's cool. Yeah. Do you know what Lil John and Buster both have in common? They're Eagles fans. I appreciate that about them. I don't mind Eagles fans. They're all right. Hey, let's go to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh, my God! I was trying to think about... 
really what's just on my mind when it comes to wrestling. Um, I don't want to just throw anything in here. And, and one of the things that I've been thinking about quite a bit is I'm okay with opposing each other during war games where it's a multiple man thing and maybe you touch up once or twice. But do you think they can make Jimmy versus Jay wait all the way until April at WrestleMania? Or do they end up maybe busting that at Royal Rumble? Making it a marquee match. What do I think they should do or what do I think they'll do? Um, I'm all WWE both. is pretty good at not just busting their nut on a, on a feud or something like that. You know, they're not all on Adderall. Some of the writers might be, but I think I think Triple H is a pretty buttoned up guy. So I I, I could see them waiting. I think I, I would almost say what you do is have Jimmy and Jay have a setup moment in the actual rumble and then spark okay. it off from there. I wouldn't mind seeing a Piper Bad News Brown thing where they both just are fighting so much they don't even realize they just both went over the top rope eliminating themselves and they just fight all the way to the back. There you right? go. And, and look, they held off Ray and Dominic all the way to Mania, mm. but they also weren't putting him in possible War Games matches. Since we're hearing War Games is happening, how do you have it with Jay, but Jimmy isn't in on the on the other end if you're going Raw for SmackDown, which they clearly mm. are. You really got me thinking about Pierce and Aldis getting into this, man. I, I'm like, oh, okay, this would not. So, I mean, bad. here's the thing. We know Aldis was just wrestling, so you know he's in shape uh, yep. with Pierce. I mean, the thing is, I think he can go. The thing is, he just always wears those suits. So I don't know what he looks like underneath, but, I mean, you know. he. Well, go back to his. he was in Ring of Honor. He was a Ring of Honor champ, um, as well as CZW and a couple other promotions. But, you know, there was a point where, I think the beginning of the pandemic, he was slated to face Roman Reigns for the title at Royal hmm. Rumble at one point. And that's when they made it Roman versus Kevin Owens, and we got to see him be handcuffed for four minutes. Oh, my minutes. God. He's down. <laughs> he ain't getting up. <laughs> By the way, I can't. This is just from a uh, hidden track of ours. Anytime I hear the word baby this week, I'm like, baby's crying. <laughs> baby's crying. <laughs> Whack Arnold's. Whack Arnold's. Way to go, Calvin. All right, man, what do you got this week? You know, I had something else in there, um, but I'm actually going to do a two-parter here uh, because okay, cause, cause what's it. in the dock was something that came up with. I was talking with Wheezy the other day, and I just went on a rant, so I'm going to go on a rant here. But, um, you know, because everything's so fucked, I, I didn't even think about it. Hit the music. Quite possibly your most lull version of that. Ooh, hit the music. Yeah, you know, like I said. So calm. The, Normally the, you're like screaming it, and I was like, man, man, we're back-to-back wins here. Give us something. Well, I told you the Novocaine's wearing off. I th I'm starting to think it's a bad thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, we went to the game, 
Or we're not back-to-back wins. We only have one. Yeah, never mind. Home, yeah, we're, we're, we're uh, working I'm towards to, it. We're working yeah. towards it. I just got a fucking alert that says Dayball driving Giants into ditch. It's fucking hilarious. Um, but, but yeah, we went to the game. It was a blast. Had a good time. Uh, Thursday night game. I thank God I took the next day off because I didn't get home till three in the morning. Uh, so yeah, there was that. So I figured I'd bring that in. But that that transitions into a conversation I had. There's a lot of jokes. Uh, a conversation with Weezy. There's a lot of jokes about, you know, how you, how you know you can trust people, right? You know, oh, if somebody likes Dave Matthews Band, get the way, fuck away from that person, right? You know what I mean? If somebody says mm-hmm. their favorite song is Freebird, get the fuck away from that person, right? Uh, anybody who says, uh, I want you to want me, get the fuck away from that person. <laughs> <laughs> but here is one sure fu- Didn't I see you crying? <laughs> I hate you. Didn't I? Didn't I? Didn't I? Yeah, you probably did, you cock. (laughs) You were feeling all alone like a friend with, you know, like you were dying. (laughs) I only die when I hear that song. Anybody that puts ketchup on their steak is a sadist and just a piece of shit human being. And I'm talking to you, Patrick Mahomes. Corn the long way, too. Patrick fucking (laughs) Mahomes puts ketchup on everything. He's got a ketchup deal. He puts it on steak. If you put ketchup on your steak... You're fucking, you're a body snatcher. You're not a real human being. Something is fucking wrong with you. I hated you before. I hate you even more now. Hate your fucking wife. I hate your fucking touch your brother. Hate your fucking tight end. Hate his fucking new piece. Hate them all. Fuck the Chiefs. Fuck Mahomes. Go Bills. You the dick! You know, it's funny before, I will say that uh, one of the radio stations here in town is becoming one of my favorite radio stations of all time. Uh, because I'm in California, I sent you the text. Um, they had, they smoked some hash. They oh, smoked yeah. some monster hash. You know, it was kind of funny, um, which was pretty funny. It was his personal stash. But all of a sudden they go, they go, it's the Taylor Swift NFL Network. Did you know the reason that the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl in this year is because Taylor Swift was doing this, blah, 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 and, blah, 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 blah. and they go, do you know why they won this year? Because she didn't put an album out. All of her efforts were put right towards Travis Kelsey. In this. this thing was mocking the fuck out of it. I was like, it sucks that this is a local channel doing this. I'm like, no one's going to hear this shit nationwide. I thought it was fantastic. The, the NFL Taylor Swift network. Yeah, fuck that bitch, too. Bro, they foot they put stats up. Games that she attends, Chiefs percentage of winning. Games she doesn't, Chiefs percentage of losing. That's a thing. Well, guess what? The the Broncos beat them, so we've got that at least. Oh, did you hear what they did too? Because it was in Denver. After the Broncos won, they get high. They played "Shake It Off" by Taylor Swift in the stadium. <laughs> Oh, that's classy. Classy move. You know what? It ain't getting much better than that. Let's go to the wars. Monday Night Wars! Shane, you'd really like it if I stepped down so you could take over, right? What? And all of you, you would all like it if Vince McMahon sort of faded away, sort of disappeared. I think it's unanimous. Some of you would even like it if I died. Oh my gosh! Well, let me say this. That's the only way 
that I'm ever going to step down as chairman of this organization is the day I die. The day I die. The day I die. The day I die. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best that there ever will be. But the doctors have decided that my groin issue tonight is the reason I will not be able to wrestle and be the excellence of execution. Hey, I'm not a doctor. You got to talk to them. I'm hurt. Look at me. I'm hurt. My dick hurts, man. Look at it. I can't do anything. I can't wrestle. And rinse and repeat. That was watching Brett respond to Mean Gene and Lex on Nitro this week. He just kept saying the same thing over and over. Like, just, I'm hurt. It's my groin. My groin. Ah, my hurts. groin. I'm hurt. <laughs> it just kept doing it. and I, It was just, it was a lot. But I was just giggle, giggling to myself watching it. I was like, this may be the most pussy-ish I've ever seen him do. And I was like, I was just waiting for him to be like, well, hey, in other companies, a guy could be your champion and have his knee hurt and blah, blah, blah. Like, a dig at Shawn yeah, Michaels right. or something like that. But it was, uh, yeah. I don't think Nitro brought it as much as Raw did this week. I'm sure you probably agree. Well, it's funny that you say that because I kind of don't. And we'll get into it when we get into it. Oh! Yeah, we'll get into it when we get into let's it. Go. Right, let's go. Let's do it. We'll start with Raw first here. Uh, Shane McMahon comes to the ring. He says, in the absence of my father and as acting chairman of the WWF, Austin will get his title shot the day after Survivor Series. Calls Austin to the ring. We see the limo show up backstage. It's Vince greeted by the Stooges. They go right to the ramp. And he talks about their speculation. If I'm going to retire, some people call it poppycock. Some people call it BS. I say it's wishful thinking. And he says, the only way I'm stepping down is the day I die. Well, some things never fucking change, do they? <laughs> Dude, I... <laughs> The whole reason it's our sound clip this week and why it even says, Vince predicts the future. I wrote that in the notes for you, yep. thinking that you would understand exactly what I... As soon as he said it, he goes, I'll never step down no matter what till the day I die. I go, oh, shit, he wasn't he, lying. He ain't lying. He ain't lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Vince says he relieves Shane of his corporate responsibilities. If you wish to be employed by WWE, you'll take the only open position, which is a ref. And if you don't do so well, I'll bust you down to where you be. Wait. A lowly, a lowly ref. referee. Yes. And I was like, wait a shit on your refs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you got ring crew and you're still like, but fuck the refs. Well, he says, if you don't do so well, I'll bust you down to where you began the ring crew. And he says, you're not a lot like me, but you're a lot like your mother. <laughs> and we are off and running with the McMahon family saga. I cannot. I can wait. I can. Yeah, wait. I can't wait. I mean, at least we get to see Stephanie on screen. That's not a bad thing. Uh, yeah, he says, uh, and he's not going to get his shot the day after Survivor Series. He's going to get it at Survivor Series, which means you'll have to wrestle four times to get to the title. And in the opening round, you're going to face the big boss man. I'm not the one who's the asshole. It's all of you pointing at the fans. Because they are chanting hard asshole. Three times. Asshole, there was at asshole. least three breaks and at, where they were chanting. And at one point, Austin actually chimes in and goes, I don't know if you can hear it, son, but there's 16,000 people calling you an asshole. I always like when he does that. That's just, you know, good crowd pandering. So, Go off. And I'm going to give you a little flash forward because I just saw, you know, that show Hot Ones, right, on YouTube. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So Austin was on it once. and he The wing eating. Yeah, contest. and he was telling, you know, the, the host was asking him about, you know, certain wrestling terms, and one of them was receipt. 
So Austin tells a story where he was fighting the boss man, and I'm going to assume it's this match coming up at Survivor Series, and he said uh, he kind of referenced that he was uh, trailer was potatoing him. He didn't really come out and say it, but he said, he's like, I'm only going to take a couple of these. And he goes, so I call for a lariat. And he goes, what I did, he goes, he balled up his fist to, like, flex his for, his forearm, and he clocked Boss Man right in the face with it instead of, like, giving him an actual lariat. So be on the lookout for that when you see that match. I half referenced earlier in the beginning of the show, I dabbled already, and I watched the Boss Man Austin match. Now i got to go back. Is this our go-home show for the uh, Survivor Series right now? Two weeks. Yeah, we have another week. Yeah, we got another week. Yep, absolutely. I got a little overzealous. I couldn't wait to watch the Survivor Series, so I had to start moving ahead um, just to watch that. And no, I didn't catch that, but now I want to see him not. Unless they have another match. I don't know. He didn't specifically say it was that match, but he definitely said it was against Boss Man, so it's good timing. Uh, during be. the break, Vince was seen running down commentary, and then he points uh, to the cage above the ring and says, someone tonight's going to be paying hard time. And I got to be honest, at first I was like, oh, Jesus, why do they keep showing us these things during the break with Vince and yada, yada, yada? Oh, it gets better. Tonight gets so much better, I think. Well, next you get DX versus The Brood. The lights go out during the match, and Kane's music hits, and he just cleans house. Kind of like Undertaker did like six months ago, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But don't worry, he's not going to do it during no, the No, no, no. During the break, we see Vince running down Michael Cole, and he goes, hey, what did you ask me last week? You asked me something. What did you ask me? What did I say? What did I tell you? What did I tell you? No, sorry. Uh, he says, what, says, what did yeah. I tell you? I said, don't buy anything <laughs> don't flashy. Don't buy anything. I don't care what you got to take it back. And he, uh... <laughs> But he was grabbing Cole by the throat during a this. Boss like, man by at least, like, boss man, yeah, gave him a light yes, choke hold and then shoved what, yep. him away into the fence. This poor dude got hazed like he's getting yeah, into a did. fucking fraternity his entire first year of being in WWE. They're like, by the way, we're going to throw you in a shower, choke you out, and eventually, in a couple of years, have a guy read poems to you while he gently puts his... All right, anyway, let's go into the the rest of it. Yeah, segment. so next we get Draws vs. Hawk. Every time I hear, at this time, you know, of the wars, every time I hear LOD's music, I cringe. And it can't be much longer. Well, we had a couple of weeks. We had a couple of weeks where Hawk was on commentary, and he's like, I'm sober, I'm fine, I'm happy, and he seems okay. But then last week we had the dissension. So, what happens when you have dissension in your life? Apparently... You you relapse. Because that's exactly what happened with Hawk this week. Skip the bottle, go right to the rock. Well, it's kind of how he walked (laughs) to the ring. I got to be honest with you. You can tell it's 100% kayfabe. His Mm. moving and everything. He's like acting like, oh my God, where'd the rope come from? I'm like, look at, I've been really fucking drunk, but I know where that goddamn car was from, where I was standing in the middle of the street. Um, But... He, it, it was it was still uncomfortable. I'm like, we're playing way too much into this, and I, it bothers me. And and Jr. even says he's like, ah, oh, well, it, you know, sometimes it'll be, you, you try to hold back, but apparently you got to go back to the bottle, everybody. Sorry, folks, had to. You had to. <laughs> so they bring up that the Hardy Boys actually got a win over LOD on Heat. So there you go. Uh, 
Not, not going to be long. Lot. Here we not go. Be long. Yeah. Uh, Animal comes to the ring shortly after the match starts. A second and third ref come in just to stop the match because Draws is just killing them. Animal pulls Draws off of Hawk, tells him to head to the back, and then Animal runs down Hawk. So, yeah. Can't be much longer. Did uh, how uh, did they zoom in when Animal, on your version, was Animal when he was in Draws' face? Could you hear an F-bomb or two? Mm, I didn't catch it, but... Uh, he was like, you're fucking this up. You're fucking everything up. But they may have pulled back on the yeah, version. I don't know. But it was uh, pretty strong. And I'll be honest with you. It's not the first uh, curse I'm going to ask you if we got this week in the wars. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Next, Boss Man and Vince go after Jim Cornette. <laughs> fucking great. I marked out. And please, please. Just say it. I'm going to laugh. Go ahead. Go. You keep it up with that 1980s wrestling crap. You're out of here. Stop wearing those damn loud suits. <laughs> Called it. He goes, he goes, and if you keep it up with that 1980s wrestling crap, I was like, oh, my God, this is everything he is today. This is beautiful. It was great. And then I, they shove Cornette runs off. He goes, stupid bastard. <laughs> Uh-oh, doorbell just rang. Good moment. Good moment to see Cornette. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't know how much more we're going to see him in WWF at this time. I don't think you really see him until the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania 17. Mm. I think he gets involved with that. I think after this, I don't think he's around much longer because they stopped the NWA gimmick. He hasn't really done much other than be a commentator. They make him. Um, I don't know how much he, corny he's he works around. in the office. I think for a while longer and just not on TV. Okay. Because I think the, his story is that he basically had two contracts at a period where he was a talent and he was in the office. So. All right, let's see here. Uh, we get Michael Cole with Al Snow and Mankind. They're arguing again uh, about, you know, Head versus Sako. Then we get the Oddities versus Mankind and Al Snow. We get Dusty Hill from ZZ Top in the crowd. Uh, this this was a shit show. Mankind can't find Sako. So you get a heed shot, and I, and I mean actual head shot, from Snow to Kerrigan. Mankind takes off his sneaker to get a sock, but he doesn't have a sock on instead of making the pin. Uh, he's looking everywhere for Sako. He heads to the back, and Snow goes solo. Looks good at first, but the oddities are able to get the win. What's a polite way of saying they put all the short bus people in one ring? <laughs> I don't think there is a way to say it. I think you just said it. All right. It was a very shitty segment, all yeah. of it. I, you know, I said Raw was good. I didn't say every second yeah, was great. No, no shit, right? Uh, we see the talent in the back. Uh, and they're watching the show on monitors. Shaq is there. Vince rolls up in his wheelchair and goes, what are, you, what are you doing here? Do you have a backstage pass? I'm Shaquille O'Neal. I don't need a backstage pass. <laughs> nah, it's the mumblings of later years. Mankind is backstage looking frantically, frantically for Sako. He called out to somebody. I forget who it was. He's like, hey, Taker, come here. Help me find Sako. <laughs> it wasn't Taker, but, you know, it was still was pretty goddamn funny. Next, you get Regal, William Regal, Stephen Regal. I don't even remember which one he is at this point. We've been doing this so goddamn He's Stephen yeah. right now. Uh, such a man. <laughs> God damn it. 
man's man. <laughs> well, Re- he takes showers with. Never mind. Regal's looking for a real man's man to fight, and it's Gold Dust. Uh, Terry shows up as Marlena has the cigar. And, uh, yeah, the lights go out. Kane comes out again, choke slams everybody. Kane gets Marlena all the way up in the air for the choke slam, but the rest get him to stop. And then Kane choke slams one of the officials. And it's going to get oh, better. Yeah. We get our bracket for the Survivor Series World, World Title Tournament. Taker and Kane get first round buys. They're going to be facing each other in the second round, which would be the quarterfinals. Uh, the winner of that match is going to face the winner of Rock versus Triple H. Goldust versus Shamrock will take on the winner of Mankind versus Question Mark. Uh, I think I got this wrong. Anyway, next uh, you get Jeff. Uh, next in the brackets is Jeff Jarrett versus Al Snow, X Pac versus Regal, and Stone Cold versus Boss Man. Yep, you got it. Mainly right. All right, Vince is backstage talking with Mankind, and as soon as I saw him sit down, I knew what it was. It's that I scene. I knew what it Hell was. Yeah, as soon as dude. I saw it, Same I knew here. what it was. Vince asks Mankind not to interfere in the next match between Shamrock and The Rock. And he says, I've got a present for you if you're able to do that. And Mankind's all excited. And he gives him the hardcore title. What I loved about it is he goes, but you have to not be able to. He goes, that's awesome. No problem. He goes, you don't even know what the president is. He goes, it's a gift. I don't even care, Vince. I can't wait. doesn't matter. Whatever it is, I'll do it, man. <laughs> Which is fantastic, and I ass- this is kind of one of those urban legends, and I assume it is. This is the original title that Mr. Perfect beat the living shit out of with the hammer on Saturday night's main event, or just main event, whichever episode it could have been at during that time, uh, when it was Hogan's title, after Genius beat Hogan that night. And this is now taped together and says hardcore on it. That's the urban legend that that is that title, and I think that's what it I've is. I've heard the same thing. Uh, Vince tells him, you know, I feel like I lost a son tonight, but maybe I gained another. And he wheels away in his wheelchair, and man guy goes, oh, thanks, Dad. And Vince just stops dead in his tracks and looks over like, the fuck? <laughs> I forgot about this. As soon as he said it, I go, oh, I forgot how much I love this era right now when he's Really try because he lost Shane. That's right, and needs a son. And thanks, Dad. <laughs> so yeah, next we get Shamrock versus The Rock for the IC title. Vince comes to the rack and tells The Rock, you know, I have a problem with the people, so I have a problem with the people's champ. If you don't beat Shamrock for the Intercontinental Championship tonight, you're not going to Survivor Series, or you're not going to be number one contender. Naturally, because wrestling, we get a ref bump. Shamrock gets the chair, but Rock ducks. And uh, it was one of those great spots. It looked good. I had to rewind it just to make sure I didn't, you know, misinterpret it. But Shamrock hits the ropes with the chair. It bounces off and hits him right in the fucking face. Yeah, simple. Looked good. Uh, We get a people's elbow. The ref is still down. Shamrock has the chair again, though. Hits Rock in the back. Uh, The ref sees it. It's a DQ. And uh, Rock is not going to go to SummerSlam. SummerSlam Survivor Series. I just wrote SS in the notes. Uh, Or be the number one contender. And you're the people's chump. I apologize. Again, it's Halloween, so you're probably going to hear that doorbell go off like multiple times and hear my dog start barking. Oh, is that what's going mm-hmm. on? I was like, what in the fuck? Remember, it's almost <laughs> 6 o'clock on the West Coast, so it's about that time. Uh, next, you get Rock backstage looking for Mac- McMahon. He's pissed off. Next, you get Valvinas versus Jeff Jarrett with Deborah. Uh, on Heat, Terry announced she was pregnant to Valvinas, and Val says, well, we aren't pregnant you are. 
And he goes, sounds like something that you have to take care of. <laughs> Abortion. Oh, or something Christ. like that. <laughs> then we see a teenage girl in the crowd licking her lips at the sight of Alvinas. To which JR says, be careful, young lady. <laughs> it's a surefire way to get some, some diseases. Avoid the clap. Venus says he's a the big Valboski's a lot like Hakeem Olajuwon. Whether he's shooting on the hoop from the outside or making that drive to the hole on the inside, the big Valboski scores every single time. Wait, making that drive to the hole. Yeah. Get it? You get it? You get it? <laughs> no, I'm saying he was, yeah, it was a good one. Blue Blazer interferes. <laughs> JR calls out, calls out it being O, and he's like, look at the nose. And then I got another sign. I, I've debated on putting it in here or not, but I figured I had to. It says, Vince is not a mag. Oh, I missed that one. Cops. Shane. Cops. Yeah. Or, or Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Cops show up to the arena. They're talking with Vince, and uh, Vince tells him he wants The Rock taken care of. Next, you get the Headbangers versus D'Lo and Mark Henry. Headbangers are dressed up like the Outlaws. Uh, China is taking a leave of absence from WWE till her legal issues are cleared up. And uh, guess what happens? She gets bigger boobs. Actually, it might be when she gets her fucking jaw realigned. But uh, no, Kane comes out and uh, chokeslams everybody. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, he's on a roll tonight. Let me just say, no bullshit. You know, we talked about our fantasy league that we used to have, you know, or that we were involved with the Tiger Queen. Um, the first fantasy league I was actually ever involved with is this kid, Newbold, or Newbie, we called him. Uh, he put it all together, and everybody had to just pick three wrestlers. And if your person showed up a certain amount of times, you got, you know, or each time you got points or whatever. And I remember watching and being like, God damn, who has Kane tonight? This is bullshit. Because he kept showing up and just wrecking everybody. <laughs> The racket's taken away by cops. And he tells him, hey, I got four donuts for you, you pieces of trash. <laughs> What's funny is when they were showing him losing his mind in the locker room, he just kept kicking a table, knocking things over and saying, where's McMahon? And then kicking it again and then going, where's Vince? And I'm like, well, he ain't yeah. there, motherfucker. <laughs> He's not under that chair going. you just kicked. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Owen comes to the ring, and as soon as King sees him, he goes, oh, my God, yeah, look at that nose. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Severin's here tonight. Uh, he hasn't wrestled since being injured by uh, Owen. Owen says, "I'm I'm retired. I came here tonight to say to see what Severin has to say." Severin's in a neck brace, and he says, "You know, you know, I, I don't care about your apology. What would it mean? You're the Blazer, and you're scum." So Owen clocks Severin, hits a clothesline. Uh, Blackman runs Owen off, and then we see uh, Severin being loaded into the ambulance. After that, we see Blackman attacking Owen. Until the blue blazer makes the save. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Owen all along. It must, then then who died? It, when he... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Drop the bumper. <laughs> <laughs> Which bumper? Do we have a bumper? Like... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yo, I wasn't this ready This segment for that. provided to you was... by Acme. 
messed right up. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. That's not what I was referring to, but I also don't even know where we were. <laughs> Jesus. All right. All right. So hang on. I had something I was going to say to this. I did like when after uh, he's in one of his finest nice flannel button-down dress shirts always, mm, you know yep. what I mean, in a nice pair of denim Dan jeans. And when Blackman goes after him, after he pushes and clotheslines Severn, he goes, leave me alone, I'm retired. you got to remember that. I'm not a wrestler anymore. I just, I don't know. I, I it, That right there made me go, oh, it's fucking November. Oh, my mm. God. Jesus Christ, man, and it's sad. Uh, but then when I did see this duo of Blazer and Owen Hart, I go, ah, we're in for at least some good times along the way. Yeah, he made the best of it. One, not yeah, all of not us. Not all of us. But. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay, move on, The cage please. lowers Vincent the Stooges come to the ramp and says, that's time to figure out who's going to pay hard time. I'd put every fan in there if I could. Uh, he gets wheeled to ringside. And, uh, dude, sometimes being a smart mark isn't all it's cracked up to be. Because as they're showing Vince getting wheeled around, do you know what I spotted? Spotted one of the mm. ring crew. Little cup with some pink gel in it and a paintbrush. And the first thing I said to myself was, mm. oh, so they're going to set the cage on fire at some point. <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch yep. it. That's good for you. Never saw it. It's funny you say it because I was like, how they do? All right, wait, they didn't do it. Never mind, go ahead. And he says, you know, Vince says, while I enjoy my coffee, check that cage to make sure it's solid. So Bossman and the Stooges go in there and make sure the door locks. Bossman locks it. Vince says, all I asked for was a cup of coffee. Calling back to the night that Austin kidnapped him and brought him to the ring and put the gun to his head. Or they all left for coffee. Bossman punishes the Stooges. Then Vince orders Bossman to rip their clothes off. I don't know why, but okay, sure. <laughs> uh, Austin comes to the ring. He climbs into the ring. It's a beatdown. Patterson gets the nightstick and goes after Austin's knee. Uh, Shane comes to the ring. After getting your ass kicked by boss yeah. man from the orders of your boss, you still took out Austin. Mm-hmm. God damn it. That's why he's a stooge. Uh, Shane comes to the ring. He opens the cage and pulls boss man off. Vince spears Shane. Vince spares Shane. I'm sorry. Uh, he tells everybody. He tells Bossman, "Don't, don't, don't lay into him." So he he doesn't. Taker's music hits. He comes to the ring, goes in the cage with Austin, closes the door behind him, and they brawl. I got to say, the funny part about this is that he slams the door behind him so that it would lock, but all it did was just bounce so hard it swung right back open as wide as it could. <laughs> you nailed it. Yep. And then the lights go out. I wonder who it could be. And then, as expected, the cage is on fire. Uh, Kane's in the ring. It's a three-way brawl. To end. Not all the way around. It's, it's like it's, basically. So basically, what they did was they got up on the, and then on the sides. Yeah, they the basically center. took that paintbrush yep. and just went straight down. Uh, it looked cool. Yeah, I mean, so it, the, the show ends with the three of them in a three-way brawl in the cage. Uh, but then this is another one where I got extra attitude. Uh, Austin escapes the cage. He takes out Boss Man, goes after Vince, dumps him out of the chair, uh, rolls him into the cage. 
Austin extends his hand for a handshake. Vince reluctantly accepts. Double Bird's stunner, we're out. Actually, it was like another five minutes of him just milking the crowd. But Damn, something I didn't have on my version. I guess I'll have to check out the... There you go. Yeah, it wasn't much. You don't have to watch the whole thing. Uh, Nitro. Nitro. Let's see if the hour one is as good as it's been lately. We start with Alex Wright versus Norman Smiley. Wright wins and dances. Nine and a half minutes into the show, we get our opening package. <laughs> After a match this time, too. Not even just promos, videos, right. interviews, packages. We actually had a full-blown match in some talking, and then they're like, you know what? Let's start yeah. the show. Okay. Then you get Disco Maggot versus Kaz Hayashi. Sonny Ono comes to the ring, taunts Kaz. Kaz chases Ono, gives Disco the opportunity to get the win. Next, you get Gene on the ramp with Booker T. Hasn't been on TV since August. And he says, you know, I ain't got nothing but love for my brother. You do your thing, I'll do mine. And then he says, some sucker tried to pull a Tanya Harding on me. (laughs) Uh, Topical, yeah. Uh, Calls him out for a match tonight, and that man is Scott Hall. Now you get Scott Putzke versus Fit Finley. Uh, I do have to say Scott Putzke had a nice power slam uh, during the match. I did catch that, Uh, but Fit Finley wins. Uh, We get a Raven backstage promo. He's being a sad sack, and he gets interrupted by Canyon, who just runs him down. He goes, oh, am I not invited to your self-pity party? It was hilarious because at first he, Canyon's in the shadows, but as soon as he started talking, he knew exactly who the fuck it was. Yeah, that real thick, thick Jersey accent. And the lisp. We get a recap of the Jericho-Goldberg feud, if you really want to call it that. Uh, the cat comes to the ring with Sonny Ono, calls out for an opponent, and uh, Scott Armstrong comes out. Apparently, they fight, had a match before. And Cat uh, does the whole five seconds thing, but Armstrong jumps Cat before the five is up, but it's a squash anyway. Cat wins. Uh, Steve Armstrong comes out to make the post-match beatdown save, eats a super kick. And then the cat pins Steve Armstrong, and the ref counts three, and the bell rings. With no previous bell to begin the match. It was like a two-for-one special. Our brother's over on the other show, so how about both of us are on this show tonight? And it's funny because Tanae mentioned he was working on a, on a segment uh, interviewing the Armstrong brothers. And I was like, well, I know one that ain't in it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next we get Wrath versus Kendall Wyndham. They're putting over Wrath's win over Meng, and Wrath wins again. Gene's in the ring with Brett. There's a sign, I hate Goldberg. <laughs> Agreed. Hilarious that I saw it during a Bret Hart segment. <laughs> That's true. Hart's, foreshadowing. Hart, foreshadowing. Hart <laughs> says he has a groin pole. The doctors won't let me wrestle, like you were referencing earlier. Gene says, hey, man, I saw you in the back. You had no mobility issues. He's supposed to be facing Luger tonight, and... Uh, Hart goes on a promo about all the people that he's taken out. And here's the fucking funny thing, man. They called him the hitman in WWE. He's been the hitman since he came back. As shitty as they've booked him, he's been the hitman. He's fucking sniping people left and right. Yeah, you're looking too deep into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he also, it's funny because, and he's like, but I saw it. And he's like, Gene, I'm not the medical expert. You got to ask the doctors, man. They know. Just keeps playing hard to it. But, like, almost, like, you know he's lying. But, yeah. Obviously he's lying. So, Luger. Was he? Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> we'll find out. Luger comes to the ring and says, I don't think you're really hurt, and you're pathetic. 
Uh, Luger calls Brett a gutless cowrie. Looks like he's about to leave the ring, but he just turns around and hits a nasty lariat on Hart. Luger's hand grazed Mean Gene, and Mean Gene took this fucking massive bump-to-the-point commentary, called that out. It was fucking hilarious. Good for him, though, because it just barely touched his shoulder, but, yeah, he flew down like he was the one that was clotheslined. And they're like, oh, he he took out Mean Gene. Oh, my God. I I thought it was actually pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, and then he puts Bret Hart in the rack. There you go. That or Gene was just already drunk and he just had tap be. knocked him over. He's like, get me to the back quick. I need my martini. Uh, Bischoff again decides to replay Flair and Hogan from 94. That's not a joke. Not the Bash right, of the right. Beach now. This time is going to be Halloween Havoc. Yep. 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 We're just wasting our <laughs> hours. I don't even know why we have a three-hour show. Mm-hmm. So, horsemen come to the ring. Arn Anderson cuts a promo on Bischoff. And my next note is, I love Arn Anderson promos, but I'm tired of this. Until. Yeah. It's the same thing. Until. Un- yeah, I was going to say. He yeah. tells Bischoff, let the men do the fighting. Don't you come down out of that tree stand, put that rifle down, pull out that pocket knife and feel what it's like to be involved in a man sport. <laughs> um, speaking of topical, is he, uh, I, would, I would assume that's just a straight reference to Sid. No. No, I'm guessing Bischoff is a... I'm guessing it's a reference to Bischoff being a hunter and hunting from a tree stand. And Arn Anderson is like... Well, that's true, but wait, wasn't it Arn and Sid that were involved? It was, no, but I think what Arn Arn was saying was instead of being in a tree stand using a rifle, why don't you come down and use your pocket knife and go right up to that deer and slit its throat? I thought it was maybe a double entendre. (laughs) You just wanted to say entendre. Then Flair gets on the mic, uh, a quick promo says, they're going to South Beach to party, and Malenko says, go ahead, I'm going to stay here and take care of Raven. But now we had an hour or two, you get Scott Norton versus Hippie Van Hammer, I forgot about all Jesus that. Jesus Christ, we're only an hour or I two? Know, exactly. <laughs> Scott Norton versus Hippie Van Hammer. Tanae calls out the IWGP title uh, being New Japan's version of the world title. Uh, well, they said no, the IWGP heavyweight championship and yes how they pandered to it to say that was really bad but i was like it's so cool that he shows up here as the world champion i mean to us now while watching new japan heavily with the world championship it was just kind of cool to see but yeah then it was like heavily pandered now that means here in america (laughs) it would be our world champion uh do you know what we mean kids they mention uh that he just defended it this past weekend it's a squash uh scott norton's the man not really much more to say. Uh, Brett, Brett yep. Hart's having his ribs uh, taped up in the locker room after being in the torture rack. Saturn's in the ring, calls out Eddie Guerrero to face him one-on-one, not six-on-one. Eddie comes out, he says, I'm going to show you what Latinoism is all about. I don't think that's a word, but okay. But <laughs> still, the LWO runs in. It's a DQ. They hold him down for a frog splash, but Conan runs in. LWO doesn't attack Conan, but uh, it keeps Saturn you know, from him. Eddie's doing, uh, Eddie says to Saturn, you know what, it, let me take care of this man. Eddie's doing to you what Raven did. Eddie's doing to them what Raven did to you. Let me handle it. Uh, and he says, Eddie tells Conan, why don't you go back with your Anglo Wolfpack buddies? You're not La Rasa. No, you're not La Rasa. And then. You know what's funny is you're not even lying. Yeah. No, no, you ain't Rasa. No, you ain't Rasa. And I was like, I still don't even know how that's spelled. And then Conan just heads to the back with A-Rod. 
Where the fuck did he come from? All of a sudden, A Rod's there, and that was it. Next, that's the last time we're gonna see mm-hmm. him. So I'm assuming you're referencing Big Papa Pump with Buff versus Kenny Chaos. Yeah, he still won half of the tag champs. Yeah. Pepperidge Farms remembers. Dylan cuts the music. He's on the ramp with Chaos. Steiner just fucking goes roid rage after Dylan. Buff holds him back, and Chaos just stands there. Steiner yells at Dylan, who heads to the back. Chaos still ain't doing shit. Plus, he just stood there the whole time. When he was running down J.J. Dylan, the things, he did drop a pretty hard cue. Did you happen to I get that one? I think so, yeah. Uh, actually, mm. I heard, Please don't make I heard him word. say it later. He says it later because he comes back to the ring. Okay. Uh, oh, maybe it's then that he says it. Okay, my bad. That's But he it's pretty hard, and I was like, okay, all right, we're just throwing that out, no problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it, and it was yeah. on the cock, so. Uh yeah, so next you get Ky- Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Rey has new music. Rey gets distracted by the LWO during his Super Rana attempt. Psychosis reverses it into a top rope power bomb for the upset. Gene's on the ramp with Jericho. Jericho's wearing a Goldberg shirt, and he calls him Gene Mean. <laughs> I love every time he says that. <laughs> and uh, Jericho says this is water under the bridge. Uh, everybody knows what they saw. And then he starts talking about his football career, and Gene's like, wait, what? What football career? We don't need to spend time about it. Never mind. I'll tell you about another time, Gene. Uh, Jericho (laughs) says he respects Goldberg and wishes him well in all of his endeavors, and then he just starts chanting Goldberg, and that's that. Finally going to hour three. Raven versus Dean Malenko. This is a shit show. Lodi shows up. Mongo chases him off. I don't know where Benoit and Canyon are fighting at ringside. Then Brett shows up and goes after Benoit. Canyon breaks up the clover leaf. It's a DQ. Luger shows up. Hart rolls into the ring selling his injuries. Giant runs to the ring and pulls Hart out. I think I got it all. So I have a question. You are already feuding and having issues with uh, the NWO Wolfpack and Lex Luger. And you're like, fuck it, I'm going to run out and put Benoit in an arm bar. And I'm talking about Bret Hart. And you're already selling this injury. I'm like, am I the only one that's not following all this tonight? Nothing's making sense. I get, yes, he's faking an injury only at times, but are we running out of wrestlers or something? Because this is it was very poorly executed, I felt like, for Nitro. Yeah, I mean, it was silly just because it was so blatant and it just went back and forth. It's not like he was hobbling 99% of the time and then stopped hobbling to cheat. For like one second, you know what I right. mean? Yeah, it was it was almost 50-50. Yeah. Yeah, Thank it was you. too much. Uh, next, you get Kidman versus Jericho for the TV title, not the cruiserweight title that uh, Kidman has. Um, there's uh, rumblings in the locker room about Dylan and the championship committee. Uh, Kidman goes for a shooting star press, and the spot looked weird. I don't know if it was just a camera angle, but it was sold as Jericho catching him with an elbow. Didn't look right. Uh, but it was a time limit draw. Solid match. I think it was mistimed what could have been elbow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jericho definitely got his elbow up, but it just didn't look like it connected. So, But, yeah, they sold it as they sold it. Next, you get Chaos and J.J. Dillon headed to commentary. Scott Steiner's out of control. And as a result of last week's attack, Buff's being fined 50000 Scott's being fined 100000 Steiner and Buff run in. Steroids are a hell of a drug. 
Uh, Steiner and Buff go to the ring. Steiner says, WCW sucks. Nobody in WCW can control the rage that is inside of me. No shit. Dylan, fight me all you want. Send anybody out here. Send Piper that skirt-wearing queer. There it is. Yeah, this entire promo. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, is this the one where he starts really shitting on WCW? But I think that's like down the road a little bit. But this is one mm-hmm. of them. Buff gets on the mic, kind of try- right. Roid rage, one hundred percent is. Oh my god, a hell of a yeah. drug. This, I mean, they were destroying the set. They were losing their mind. Well, not they. He, he yeah. Um, and just saying everything he wanted to, whether bigotry involved or mm-hmm. not. Yeah, Buff says, "Chaos, why don't you come down to the ring? We just want to clear things up." And uh, he does. And evil will always triumph because good is dumb. <laughs> Scott Hall versus Booker T. Promo on Nash and Booker to start the match. Uh, and Scott Hall says, hey, don't sing it. Bring it. Booker's music hits. And we get a ref bump because wrestling. Second ref comes in, calls for the bell, and raises the hand of Booker T. I have no idea how that came to that, but it did. It's WCW, man. doesn't have to matter. Mm-hmm. Right. Main event, Giant versus Luger. Didn't we see this a year ago and two years ago? Didn't we see this 18 times in 96? 14 times in 97 and already six times in 98. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Giants Giants in control most of the match, and then Luger Luger's up. Uh, the pills must have kicked in. <laughs> Brett runs it. Does that mean where he takes a bunch of pills and kills Liz? Uh, Brett runs in Close during enough. the comeback with a... Se- yeah, gross enough. Brett runs in during the comeback with a section of guardrail. You heard me right. A section of guardrail. Works Luger's knee. He's the hitman. Goldberg comes in, hops the rope, spears giant. Luger's in the corner. Hart's standing in front of him. Goldberg lines up for the spear, but Hart dodges it, and Luger eats the spear. And then, my favorite. Shivani goes, we're out of time, good night! And right after that, Tanay just screams, What happened?! <laughs> you know what? He may have had the professor all-out 2022 experience, you know, where all of a sudden you just wake up, you're like, ah, okay, congratulations. <laughs> ah, what happened? It, it was a very ill-timed what happened, considering... Pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, you and saw Tony it. Tony just told you everything that happened. <laughs> I still think Raw was somewhat of a better show. Maybe it's because I just like seeing Kane going yeah. on a wrecking tour all the time. Well, hey man, some of the pay-per-views that we're watching during the Attitude Era, not all of them are some of the best, whether for WCW or WWE. But today... For you, talking about some pay-per-views and our top topic. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... I 
answers, I change the questions. I did it for the rock. This week's top topic. You know something mean, Gene? John Cena. Wrestling's not fake. <laughs> the Rolex wearing what? Diamond ring wearing what? Kiss stealing. Woo! Wheel and dealing. What? Limousine right. What? Jet flying. What? Son of a gun. Woo! Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. If you smell. Following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order. Based off, the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. Over the years, we have had, I mean, well, I mean, since 19 mid 80s, when pay-per-views became a thing, it, it was something that we all had something to look forward to. We had our weekly television shows, but we always look forward to the big four, you know, at least for WWE. And that's something we're focusing on, but not their big four. We're talking about the pay-per-views that weren't those. You know, we've had some tremendous Royal Rumbles, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series cards, and we've talked about a lot of them at nauseum here, either breaking down some of their matches and cards all together. But today, what we're focusing on will be some of the best uh, pay-per-view cards or just overall pay-per-views in general that WWE slash WWF had to provide all together. Now, as always, I know ODM loves it. I like to always throw in a couple of honorable mentions. Look at today, we're keeping it nice and simple. We're at 25 pay-per-views, but 25 great pay-per-views that due to you having an account on the Peacock gives you an opportunity to go ahead and hop on and watch some of these. Maybe these some of uh, some of these will re-spark your interest into them. I only have two honorable mentions, but if you want to talk about one of the original tournaments one of the big tournaments that ever happened for wrestling that was a big show it's the wrestling classic which was in 1985 uh, you know this i mean one of the more memorable tournament tournaments or one night tournament that everybody's going to remember always for their first part of their memory is always going to be uh, wrestlemania 4 trump plaza Macho winning the world championship. But this tournament in 1985 had a lot of great wrestlers, you know, a lot of great uh, people that we all remember from the 80s, of course. And another honorable mention, and my last honorable mention, uh, might get a little bit of flack from this, but maybe not if you've actually watched it and you were a part of watching the show. Uh, and that is Clash at the Castle 2022, just a couple years or about a year and a half ago. And this pay-per-view being, you know, overseas, you're always going to have that very raucous uh, London, UK crowd. And that night we got to see a fantastic match with Gunther retaining versus Sheamus, Roman Reigns retaining versus Drew McIntyre in the main event. Uh, it was just a very energetic crowd, some great matches throughout the whole pay-per-view. 
Um, I will say I did almost want to throw Backlash 2023 in there, which was the other one that was in Puerto Rico. Uh, that's the other honorable mention if I really had to throw another one at you. But let's get into the main 25. Coming in at number 25 is Extreme Rules 2017. This here is a little, like maybe about a month or two post uh, WrestleMania 34. And Brock Lesnar is still our world champion. And at this Extreme Rules, it's where we get that fatal five-way. Who's going to take on Brock coming up at Great Balls of Fire? And that's where we saw Samoa Joe beat four other guys, uh, including Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, and Bray Wyatt, and I believe Finn Balor uh, in the main event. But also with that Extreme Rules pay-per-view, we also had the Hardys and the Bar in the Steel Cage match, uh, and the Miz and Dolph Ziggler. Number 24 is the Elimination Chamber 2014. Mainly all focused around the World Championship with Randy Orton being the well, double title holder at this point, you know, and he's been feuding a lot with John Cena, but he defends this uh, this championship in the main event in the chamber. But the match that stole the show that everybody really remembers was The Shield versus The Wyatt Family for the first time ever, a six-man tag. The energy in this match was alone just enough that made everybody just call this a possible match of the year but it also was showcasing a lot of younger newer talent that made their way up from nxt and over the last six or eight months being on the big leagues had made a big splash this feud could have been bigger and longer unfortunately it wasn't uh coming in at number 23 is a pay-per-view we recently covered in the monday night war so i really don't have to go too in depth with it but it's fully loaded 1998 in this pay-per-view, not only do you get the, uh, I believe this was the two out of, yes, the two out of three falls match with Triple H and The Rock. We also get the Lion's Den match with Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock. And in the main event, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker become your tag team champions. Again, something we just recently talked of. Coming in at number 22 is Backlash 2004. On this night, we had a returning back to action and first-time pay-per-view in over a couple of years, Edge, coming back and beating Kane. We also had a match between Randy Orton and Ric Flair. Or I, 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 Let me take that back. I apologize. Randy Orton and Mick Foley, which was a, more like a no-holes-barred hardcore match. And the main event was the WrestleMania rematch, the triple threat between Chris Benoit, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. Uh, beginning to end of that pay-per-view, Backlash 2009, I do, or I'm sorry, 2004, I do remember getting personally, and it was just action-packed the whole time. But as I accidentally gave it away, number 21 is just that, Backlash 2009. Um, and 2009... It, the reason this pay-per-view ranks better than if you want to take a look at all of WrestleMania 25 is because they finally pulled the trigger this night in a weird six-man tag to finally give Randy Orton the championship with Evolution defeating uh, McMahon family, basically. It was like Shane, Batista, and Triple H. And finally, that you know the championship does change hands. But also, at this backlash, we had 
John Cena versus Big Show in a last man standing match, as well as an I Quit match between the brothers Hardys, which was Jeff and Matt, uh, which was Matt really bitching out. I quit, I quit. Coming in at number 20 is, now I, you know, I mentioned to you guys we are not doing the big four. Big five back in the day used to be with the King of the Ring, but that pay-per-view is gone, long gone, and the only thing we really have is our final four, if you will. So we can incorporate some King of the Rings into this. And coming in at number 20 is the 1996 King of the Ring. A lot going on here. You have, we're still having uh, Shawn Michaels battle with British Bulldog with Dirty Diana. But we also had Stone Cold Steve Austin, the birth of, because of the curtain call, um, you know, the Austin 316 promo, him versus Marrow, him versus Jake Roberts. Uh, just said the whole King of the Ring, one of the better ones altogether that had everybody uh, pretty into it all night. Coming at number 19, another pay-per-view that we used during the Attitude, or that we talked about so far during the Attitude Era, and that is Breakdown 1998. On this night, this is the uh, night that we have Austin, Stone Cold, and... I Austin Stone, that was a good one. Austin and Stone Cold? Stone Cold versus Taker versus Kane in the triple threat match, which we just found out, you know, just about a month ago where it was the double pin, but it didn't matter as long as Austin didn't have that championship. But also on this card, we had one of the most tremendous cage matches, I feel like, of all time with Rock, Mankind, and Ken Shamrock. It was just a pretty decent pay-per-view all around when it came to breakdown. Plus, we also had uh, Terry being in the corner or the corner of Val Venus against her old man, which is now great because now she's pregnant and now needs to go back and get some money. <laughs> we'll find out if she gets that money. Coming in at number 19, or I, I, I take that back, I'm sorry, coming in at number 18, uh, a pay-per-view that we will be talking about very soon and i don't want to spoil a whole lot i'll just talk about two of the biggest matches and we're talking about february of 99 the saint valentine's day massacre two things we're getting out of this is austin versus mcmahon in a cage match and you're gonna get the rock versus mankind in this is i think this one is a last man standing not the i quit the i quit will be in royal rumble uh, but this one will be the last man standing match. And we got some debuts on this pay-per-view. It was just an all-around great pay-per-view. And we're going to get there in February. Number 17 is TLC, Tables, Adders, and Chairs, in 2011. Walking into this show, your two world champions are CM Punk and Mark Henry. And in one of the matches... Mark Henry loses his championship to Big Show in a the chairs match, the TLC, the chairs match that it was. And Daniel Bryan cashes in for the first time and takes his world championship, and everybody lost their mind. And in the main event match, it was Alberto Del Rio and CM Punk against uh, The Miz for the world championship, which was in a cage match. Or, yeah, cage, wait, 
cage or ladder? No, ladder. I apologize. It was an actual TLC match. Uh, that entire pay-per-view was pretty good. It did have a, a little comical match that they decided to throw in. They thought everybody would like to have a giggle or two with a ladder match, uh, the sledgehammer on the ladder between Kevin Nash and Triple H. But, you know, everybody's got to have a fun time here and there. Number 16 is the One Night Stand 2006. This one is the one that headlines with RVD and John Cena, where RVD officially becomes your world champion. Had some good matches that night, but it was more uh, WWE incorporated this round than the first uh, inaugural event. This one had Rey Mysterio defending his WWE World Championship against Sabu. John Cena with his World Championship against RVD. It was a good pay-per-view, but it didn't have exactly the same feel as the first original one-night stand, in my opinion. Number 15 is Extreme Rules 2009. The the night begins and ends with CM Punk. Uh, He faces Umaga in a strap match. In that night, we also get Triple H versus Randy Orton, uh, Undertaker versus Big Show, and in our main event match, in a ladder match, you get Edge versus Jeff Hardy, which we hadn't got. We'd always had the tag teams against each other. And now Edge saying that he's always had the number on Jeff Hardy in ladder matches. Jeff wins the match, which, got to be honest, one of my favorite ways ever was pulling Edge through the ladder so that his legs were stuck down in the middle while his chest was up on the steps and Jeff wins the championship from there. And then CM Punk says, fuck you. I'm taking it. I'm the money in the bank championship winner. And, uh, he wins. (laughs) It was a very, uh, it was a real good pay-per-view actually. A lot of great matches, but also just a lot of energy throughout the whole show. Coming in at number 14 is the one night stand in 2008. This one had a match between, uh, Batista and Randy Orton, uh, but was headlined, and this was a great match. This was headlined, with, or the, the opening match was actually Jeff Hardy versus Umaga, and then in your main event match, it was The Undertaker versus Edge in a TLC match with Undertaker's career on the line for the World Championship, and Edge won. And I remember back in 2009 going, Okay, they're finally doing his retirement. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not so much. Uh, no, I, I'm sorry. That was 2008. Even at that time, I was like, it's been 20 years. He's probably going to stop soon. Number 13 is No Way Out 2000. Three spectacular matches off of this. Uh, you get the uh, the fatal four-way for the Intercontinental Championship, which includes Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, and X-Pac. And it's headlined in this No Way Out pay-per-view with, uh, oh man, I believe this one is The Rock and Kurt Angle. I may actually have just flubbed that one. Maybe you should double-check on that one for the No Way Out 2000 for me, but I'm pretty sure that's what this one ends with. Yes, this is. That's exactly what it ends with. Up and down, good card. Number 12 is the King of the Ring 2001. Not only on this night did Edge win the the King of the Ring title in 2001, 
This is the night that Kurt Angle was a part of the tournament, but also had his match with Shane McMahon and was they tried that spot 150 times. See so you shaking your head. We're going back to No Way Out 2000. Why was it on there? What did I put in there? No Way Out 2000 was The Rock versus The Big Show. Kurt Angle versus Chris Jericho for the IC title. That may have been one of the reasons it was on there, plus that fatal four-way. Well, hey, man, look at the professor doesn't always. Maybe it was supposed to be No Way Out 2001. Maybe I typed Yeah, I think you're right because they had the four-way. It was. (laughs) It was. Hang on. It was 2001, which did have the fatal four-way. 2001 had the... Uh, three stages of hell's ma- uh, three stage of hell match with Triple H and uh, Steve Austin, and that is where we had the Rock and Kurt Angle. Suck it! I finally got it right. I just wrote it down wrong. It was No Way Out 2001. Thank you very much. King of the Ring 2001 yeah. is where Edge won, and uh, Shane McMahon nearly died, which was I. I some days you're kind of like, never mind. All right, let's go back to 2012. Extreme Rules. This is your first pay-per-view post WrestleMania 28. CM Punk and Chris Jericho are dialing it back again. They had their WrestleMania rematch. But this pay-per-view is headlined by John Cena in an Extreme Rules match with a returning Brock Lesnar. His first match back. And I remember putting a post up at the end of this match saying, I don't know if Lesnar thinks he's in WWE or UFC because he fucked Cena up. Like, his face was beat up. His arm was hurting after the match. I think he dislocated his shoulder during this match. Uh, This pay-per-view was pretty solid all around. You're staring at me. What did I do wrong? Everything. (laughs) Eat a dick. Coming in at number 10 was a very first concept in, in something that we all dreamed of that forbidden door. And it was invasion WCW versus WWE. But we anticipated Goldberg sting DDP Nash hall Hogan. And instead we got Chuck Palumbo, uh, Sean O'Hare and all those guys, Bill DeMott. So it was pretty humorous, but we did have the invasion angle, and we did have the five versus five match. Where, in the end of the day, Austin, who was fired by WCW, turned his back on WWE, who made him a star, and decided to go ahead and join WCW. But at this point, he had already turned heel at WrestleMania 17 and fucked all that out of the water anyway of ever being the the most top baby face ever again. Um, wow, this just got weird. Number nine is No Way Out 2001. Hmm. It's a very skewed <laughs> list. It's our top 24 list. It's our top 24. <laughs> I don't know how, what... It, no Way Out 99. It was 2001, too. Maybe it's no... I'll have to get back to you guys. <laughs> we already talked about it. Number eight is King of the Ring, 1993. Look at it. It's the inaugural, inaugural King of the Ring pay-per-view. The very first one. This is where Bret Hart has matches against Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, Mr. Perfect... And I'll be damned if I forgot the first one that he has a match with. Razor? If he has a match with Razor. And uh, this is the original one, but, you know, not every pay-per-view is always going to have top-to-bottom matches that are going to be the best. We also got Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna and that awesome fireball moment. 
Number seven, Vengeance 2002. The biggest thing I remember from this is it was headlined with a big, huge triple threat match with The Undertaker defending, as a heel, his world championship against The Rock and Kurt Angle. This was a very, very uh, back-and-forth match. It actually had a lot of moments where you actually thought uh, one of the people were going to upset The Undertaker. Did they? Number five is the original, I guess if you want to call it the original, voted in. That is Taboo Tuesday from 2004, where you're able to go on to WWE.com and fill out your votes and pick out, well, who you wanted to see in certain matches or certain types of matches that they would have. This is a night that it was Chris Jericho to face one of, like, 20 different people, and the crowd voted for Shelton Benjamin. (laughs) Shelton wins his first Intercontinental Championship on that night. That's when you learn that, okay, this isn't necessarily put together that way. But we did get to see an awesome cage match between Randy Orton and Ric Flair, which headlined the night. Um, And the crowd did choose between Edge, Benoit, and Shawn Michaels for the World Championship match against Triple H, they chose Shawn Michaels. Problem is, on this Taboo Tuesday, it was done on a Tuesday. The night before on Raw, Michaels tweaked uh, tweaked his knee and said, fuck it, we'll see what happens. Maybe they won't vote for me. Fuck, I think they voted for me. And it was a very odd match where he was taped up and he didn't come back to action, I don't believe, for the rest of the year. Uh, I like the concept of Taboo Tuesday, where you let people think they're in control and, and getting to actually vote. Uh, the original one was pretty good, but then the ones down the road, it was like Bischoff versus Austin in a bra and panties match or some, something as horrible as that. Trolling. Number four, something that we covered uh, just well over a year ago, Canadian Stampede, which was in Calgary. This was your night where... Your heels were being faces, your faces were being heels, and the most overgroup were the Canadians, of course, but the Heart Foundation, the pops were like some of the most unheard of pops that we were even hearing at that time. These were Austin pops that they were getting that night. All of them, even Anvil. Coming in at number three. It, oh, man, I skipped one, didn't I? You did? I got to back up. My bad. I did. At uh, number six, Jesus Christ. I don't think ah, you guys are keeping yeah. count. It doesn't matter. These are just some good fucking pay-per-views. <laughs> you point. fucked it all up anyway. Unforgiven 2008. Yeah, you hit your mother. Uh, Unforgiven 2008 was the championship scramble night. You had three world championship matches, ECW, WWE, and world championship title matches. Um, and they were all done in 20 or 25-minute matches that were, you know, whoever is holding the title at the very end of that match. You know, but people draw and come in a little bit later. I've covered this when we talk about our forgotten pay-per-views. Uh, this is absolutely one of my favorite, and I think it definitely deserved coming in at number six, which is above Taboo Tuesday, which was, that one was actually above Canadian Stampede. Number three was Unforgiven 2006. This night, I remember pretty well, this was when I was kind of shocked that while in Toronto, Trish Stratus, in her retirement match, won the women's championship against Lita. I think no one was really expecting it to actually happen. I think they thought she'd go out on her back like everybody else. She actually won and retired as a champion. 
And then your main event match was, I personally think, one of the best TLC matches of all time, and that is John Cena and Edge for Cena's WWE Championship. Uh, this is, if you've ever seen the moment where Cena is on top of a ladder and puts Edge through two stacked tables. Big moment. Uh, pretty iconic. Good pay-per-view all around. Coming in at number two, I did mention this one earlier. This is the original ECW One Night Stand. I have two words for you. Matt freaking Hardy. One, two, three, shit. No. Uh, Paul Heyman's emotional promo. Styles coming out in the beginning and getting the first emotional, oh my God, out where the crowd lost their fucking minds. And Vladimir's there on this night, too. You know, that was one of the biggest things is I, I noticed that he was there in the front row. That's where Heyman goes, I love you crazy bastards. Uh, and this was huge. I think got a touch overshadowed the next day when you found out that JBL and Blue Meanie were like, fuck it, we're doing it in the ring right here. We're beating the piss out of each other. Still awesome to see. And Austin's in there with a fucking hat on, cowboy hat, and just drinking and having a good time with Sandman and everybody. It was a good moment of resurrecting a company one more night, and then WWE's like, wait, you, you liked that? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, God, we're going to do it every day now. Okay, all right. Can't just do one thing once. Coming in at number one. Wait, did I get that right? Let me start all the way at the beginning. Number 25. I'm just kidding. I figured it all out. But coming in at number one, may I, you're going to give me like one of those, oh, sure it is. But when you talk about the energy inside of a show, it had the Canadian Stampede kind of feel. I'm talking about Money in the Bank 2011. On this night, we got two Money in the Bank contract winners. One, or wait, did we only have one at that time? Let me back that up in my head. No, there's two. But one of the Money in the Bank contract winners that we got was Daniel Bryan, the guy I talked about cashing in earlier in that TLC pay-per-view. This was a very star-studded TLC match, as it was already. Also on this night, we got Randy Orton in a world championship match against Christian. We didn't even know Christian was about to be in one of his best heel runs for WWE. AEW, sadly enough, he's probably the best heel. MJF should have been having that role yep. right now, but he's best just being like, ah, your dad's dead. <laughs> uh, but, of course, the main event of this show, of course, was CM Punk against John Cena. But this match actually garnered a five-star classic from Dave Meltzer. The energy of the crowd for Punk, him leaving with the championship, the energy, the pay-per-view buys alone, everything that was sparked off of that pipe bomb. Um, that's why I personally put this in number one. When you're talking about energy of a show from top to bottom, a uh, good card, you know, nothing that you're going to watch and be disappointed with. I think this is one of those shows, absolutely. But I could be wrong. I was wrong about some of the ordering and numbering and years didn't fucking matter. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it never does. Because if you made it with us this far, you're either really loyal or drunk. But guess what? We're back next week, and we're going to be talking a movie of the week. We're going to be talking, well, a little bit twist of that as well. But we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about some wrestling. We'll be talking about Crown Drew in Saudi Arabia. Because, you know, it's a blood money show. Hey, I'm the professor. Each week, one of my favorite things to do is bid you a farewell. Something that ODM likes to do is go right into your ear holes 
and fuck you with five words. Who puts ketchup on steak? The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are the Professor Mark Fantasia and ODM, the Doc Joe Rizzo. Feel free to reach out to the show by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com on their Facebook page, Twitter page, Instagram page. Remember to subscribe, like, and share. You can listen to the show on most popular platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, and YouTube. Without your continued support, it would be just some guys talking wrestling, which is pretty much what it is anyway. Good night, folks. I, you already knew my phone. Like last week, I couldn't swipe up. Shit mm. like that. We had to do regular audio call. Um, yesterday during work, so it's Monday. Um, the rest of the week was pretty much the same. You know, last week and yesterday, it like was closed or locked, and I couldn't swipe back up again at all. And I go, "Oh my god, I have a sales call in thirty minutes." And I'm like, if "There's one thing you don't miss in our company. It's a sales call, you know, or a company meeting or something like that." But like, you know, if it's a quick little stupid welcome call, some shit like that. And I know this is all like way over your head for what I do, but um, anyway, finally I get in because while hitting buttons and touching random shit, my phone said, "Fuck it." It does seem like it's an emergency. We're going to call 911 for you. Jesus. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it like it hangs up, but all of a sudden they call me. But I still can't get in yet, right? But I was able to answer this call. And I go, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm having a shit time with my phone over here. I said, it's going nuts. Um, it's ghost touching things. I am so sorry. Uh, he goes, nah, man, it happens. No worries. He goes, you're safe. I go, I'm absolutely, I promise you, we're good. Thank you very much. Um but then it allowed me to stay in only the phone app. And I go, oh, I got to call my boss. I got to call him right now. I'm like, it, it, it's, I have to get through to him. And luckily he answered and I told him what was going on. So, a 10-minute bike ride to Verizon, because she had the car while at work, turned into a nightmare. She has the pump in the back of the car. The one tire was a touch flat. It's funny, when we were in Oregon, where the elevation was, tires were at max at all times. You know what I mean? You didn't need to touch them. But 
it was losing a little bit of air in the back. I'm, so I'm, I tried riding it, and I go, oh, I'm going to fuck this thing up if I do this. I'm like, I can't do that right now. Ah, there's multiple gas stations and little shops or whatever along the way. Someone's got to have air. I'll walk this bike until I get there. 35-minute walk versus a 10-minute bike ride. Fuck it. I'll find something. I have to carry the bike during a good chunk of it because apparently it was the designated throwing your glass zone. Um, And, yeah, it's not all the parts where I'm sitting at are, like, peaches and cream. But, motherfucker, three different gas stations, a car wash, and somewhere else. No air. And I go, oh, my God. And then, guess what I figured out? Oh, there's Verizon. Shit. I guess I've just walked my bike all the way to Verizon. Probably could have made it there in less time if I wasn't walking and picking this bitch up. Whatever. I go in, and this dude, good salesman. He had a, a lisp. Uh, his name was Carlitos. Uh, like, so Plural. Just Carlitos. But he's like, plural. And it's funny because he, he, in sales, if you use names, if I'm like, hey, Joe, now the thing is, you know, the blah, 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 blah. Joe, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. You use names. Or the other thing is where you tell stories where I'm like, and you're going to come back to me, Joe. You're going to be like, Mark, let me ask you a question where I keep saying my name over and over. And he just kept being like, Carlitos, Carlitos. And he just kept, and I was like, this is fucking fun. But he is going through so much <laughs> different shit with the plan. I'm like, look, I just want to get a, I, I was, I had the X or XR. Do you know iPhones at all, yeah. or are you an Android guy? I am. I have an okay. Android, but I mean, I had iPhones all the way up to the ten. Yeah. Okay, so the ten or X or whatever it was, that's what I had. And from everything Hillary read, she was like, "Go up three. You don't have to go to like the sixteen right away or something like that. Sixteen's not out yet." This dude was trying to push me hard into a fifteen. I go, um, I was told we're under strict instruction to go under the thirteens, and he's like, "But here's the thing: your plan that you're on is so old, it's going to cost you more to use that thirteen than it would be to have a fifteen and have our new plan." And I'm like, "Huh? I hate when they yeah. do that shit because I get all fucking confused." And I go, "Well, you're going to have to talk to the wife." <laughs> but lo and behold, baby. They have the cube, the Verizon cube for internet. Wow. It's $35 a month. Oh, okay. You don't pay, you don't even pay for the the modem Wi-Fi box that they give you. You just have to return it when we're done. That's it. 35 a month plus, you know, your, your taxes, whatever. I get that. But everywhere else, cross country for me to use this thing would be easily... Uh, 150 a month, but it's going to work as long as we are within cell phone distance of what we need to use. When Hillary's looking for wherever we're going, she's already looking for what works for our coverage mm-hmm. for Verizon because she knows I have to work. For <clears throat> we have, we now have constant internet. And I was like, well, and he was like, it's unlimited. And I was like, okay. And he goes, no, it's unlimited. And you'll be like, Carlitos, it's unlimited. <laughs> but, uh, yo, we couldn't stop saying this shit. Um, and and one, at one point, he's trying to tell us a story about his neighbors. Oh, I said, you're going to have to wait for her to show up. So she shows up, right? But um, after she got done with work, we ended up putting the bike in the back of the car by the time we were done. Um, 
And he's while wasting time because he has to wait for this one contract to go through. He starts telling us about his neighbors and how the wife is older than the husband. We get home. Hillary's like, I don't know a fucking thing about you. Why would I give a fuck about your neighbors? I was just cracking up, man. But end of the story, we got internet and we got iPhone 15. So I think this show is about to take a uh, upgrade. Hopefully, yeah, imagine, um, minus me calling in a couple minutes. Ago. <laughs> imagine if you got a Samsung. <sighs> Do they have Samsungs with them? Or is that a... Oh. I've just been an iPhone guy. Fair enough. So was I. 